Welcome to the Ignited Life broadcast with Carl Terrell Turner. We pray that you will have a true encounter with God, receive practical teaching that will encourage and lift your faith, and that you'll experience the unconditional love of Jesus. So, open your heart now to receive the ministry of God's Word. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on this week's episode. I know I say it every single week, but it's going to be a great one. I've got a very special surprise for you today. You know, it's going to be around Valentine's Day. And so I brought someone here who's got a lot of uh, expertise and uh, experience in that uh, area. And that's going to be my special guest today, my wife of six years, Jennifer Turner. Sweetie, welcome to the program today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So today for everyone, uh, we wanted to speak to you, whether you are single, whether you are married, wanted to bring out some nuggets from God's word briefly on relationships, specifically the marriage relationship. We try to squeeze all this in a short time frame, but I know it's going to be good and I pray you be blessed with it. We're going to give you four laws of marriage. This is found in Genesis chapter 2. We don't have time to go read all that together, but it's in Genesis chapter 2 and we're pulling these laws from that scriptural reference. I want to start by saying and sharing something very, very simple that I believe is core and central and that there is no such thing as I married the wrong person or identify my soulmate or I'm not with my soulmate. We believe and I believe that if you do marriage God's way according to his word, that you can make it. He will do something miraculous in your life and in your relationship. So do you want to say anything as we get started this morning? Well, that's absolutely right. God holds marriage in the highest regard, and he maps out what marriage should look like in the Bible so we can take the pointers out of there. Absolutely. You know, the scripture says that marriage is honorable in the sight of God. You know, we're in 2021, and there's a lot of things that society wants to try to tell us about marriage or try to reframe what marriage is, but marriage is good. Marriage is honorable. It's a good thing. The scripture says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. He gets favor. One of the things that before you even begin, I, I just wanted to share with our, our listeners is how that, you know, we were fed and we get fed a lot of marriage is hard. It's the most difficult thing you'll ever face. And just how, you know, it's you got to communicate. And, and, and there are certain truths in that, but you get fed a lot of negativity. And one of the things that Jennifer and I did, probably I think day one we started dating, was we made a conscious decision and we talked about it. It does not have to be hard. This does not have to be a difficult situation and just, you know, toiling and grinding. We believe, according to the word of God in Psalms, that we will enjoy life and see good days. And so that's what we believe. That's what we spoke from day one, and that's how it's been. So the first law of marriage I want to give you is the law of priority. One more one again, the law of priority. This basically means that your spouse becomes number one, right? We had a lot of things this day and age is trying to steal and turn our attention away from what's really important. You know, money, our vocation tries to steal our priority. Kids even come in the picture. Now they're requiring some attention. That comes to try to steal your priority, your hobbies, other relationships. You know, even family members, they're coming to try to, not intentionally all the time, but they can try to steal priority. And the way God maps out this linear line of priorities in our lives, believe it or not, is it supposed to be God, then our spouse, right? Then our children, then our actually then our church, then our extended family, job, and then hobbies. 
Now, how many of us probably might not agree with that? How many of us have got that all out of whack? Job might be first. We think God is first. We say God's first, but when we look at it, he really isn't first. So I want you to take time to really see where is my priority? What do I put first? When do I put it first? How often do I put it first? And is my relationship today with my spouse suffering because I've put some things before the person that God gave me? Absolutely. Um, Your spouse becomes your number one. So like you said, that's your number one in your time that you spend, number one in the energy, in your attitude. And so it's very important that you make a conscious decision and effort to put your spouse first. And one thing that we like to do a lot is schedule a date night at least once a month, usually a couple times, and just take that opportunity to step away from everything else. Right. You're just with your spouse. You know, the kids stay home. You're you're just together. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Just focus on each other. Don't, you know, go out to dinner and talk about work or talk about the kids or talk about your schedule or all the other things that are taking up your time, but just spend that time, quality time, just being together, talking to each other. I mean, learn and grow together and make that a priority to just spend that time together. And I think, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate, anything special. It could be, you know, sometimes we've gone to Target and just walked around. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, just to get quality time together. And I think it's important when you said quality time, you know, when you're talking to one another, you want to make sure that they have each other's undivided attention. You know, don't be scrolling in your timelines, texting somebody else when your spouse is trying to talk to you. Turn the phones off. Give each other undivided quality attention so that you can continue to abound and bear forth much fruit in your marriage. It's not getting stale, but your spouse feels and uh, receives, again, that priority one with another. All right? Number two law is the law of pursuits. We had the law of priority where each other it becomes number one. Now we've got law number two where we pursue one another, right? So uh, examples that we saw this in the scripture, the book of Genesis, we had Isaac and Rebecca. The scripture says that Isaac sported Rebecca, right? He went after Rebecca. He was very, very um, intentional in his pursuit of this woman who was extremely beautiful, uh, in First Samuel, we saw David and Abigail, right? So David is out here trying to win this field and and, and get this field for this woman who's very beautiful. He wants to he wants to marry her. Uh, so I want you, gentlemen, to focus on your pursuit. We are the head. We are the leader. I mean, that's not saying that I'm above anyone. It's just that God puts the responsibility on us to take initiative in our relationships. I know 2021, they said that the, the script is flipped. No. It's up to you as the man to take the initial uh, pursuit in your relationship. So, single guys, you know, invest in your wardrobe, um, have good smelling cologne, you know, keep your hygiene together, your hair nice and groomed, you know, hands manicured, breath smelling good. Have a plan when you go out with a female. Have a plan for your life. Hear from God. You know, you're presenting yourself as a man of God who's got himself together. It's very, very important. You know, women, they're not sight-driven like us. They're the five physical senses. They are the touch, taste, you know, smell, look, hear. That's what, that's how you're going to engage a female is by activating those five senses, appealing to those five senses. When you're married, guys, don't let that go. Paul said in Timothy, hey, continue the things that you've heard, lest at any time you let them slip. So, gentlemen, when's the last time you got your woman some flowers? I'm guilty. 
standing convicted here tonight. When's the last time you just gave her a note? The, 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 I was counseling someone the other week, and it's like, hey, the things that make no sense, those stupid things, it makes all the difference to a female. Guys, get a crayon, write with your other hand, you know, I love you. Make it as crazy, as ugly as you think it is, and just watch the reaction of your wife. Uh, I said there was, a, there was a challenge, and it was hug your wife challenge, right? Just come in the, 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 the house when you get off work, just hug your wife, and don't let go until she does, and see how long she holds your embrace, and just watch what that does to her. Don't say anything. Just hug her. I challenge you do that, right? Gentlemen, you got it? When you come home, hug her. Don't let go until uh, Jennifer's laughing at me. What did you think of that? I will say I did love that challenge because (laughs) you came home and you gave me a big hug. And I think the challenge, like you said, was don't let go until they they do. Well, I didn't let go. So (laughs) it was great. Correct. So, you know, and those are little, little things that make a huge impact and can really melt some walls and really provide some breakthrough in your life. So I challenge you to do that. Uh, Jennifer, what's what's number three, the law of uh, number three? Sure. The law um, of possession is law number three. And well, that's actually, sorry to cut you off. What did you want to say about pursuit? I forgot about that. <laughs> no problem. So I just wanted to encourage the ladies. Um, like you said, just, you know, the, have the guys being the pursuer. And if it's a word, I would just encourage the ladies to be pursuable, mm-hmm. to you know, allow yourself to be pursued and not take that as something bad. It doesn't make you lesser because the man is pursuing you and just be on the lookout for those things that they're doing to try to pursue you. So like you said, when they have a new shirt on, you know, compliment them, tell them they look good, you know, um, respond to all their advances, whether or not you might want it to be something maybe a little different. Maybe it's just a little bit outside your love language. They're trying, they're making an effort. So be pursuable, let them pursue you and um, also pursue them back. You can um, do things to pursue them as well. And that's not a bad thing either. We talked about the law of priority. And so we've got so many things in our everyday life. We've got children, children have activities. We've got meals, we've got, you know, work and and deadlines and meetings on zoom and all these different things you know how do we find the balance of keeping our spouse priority how do you juggle that of you know just laundry on saturdays and different things you've been doing throughout the week how do you still keep god first attend to me attend to the children and all the different roles and facets that you function in on an every hour basis Sure. So I think you have to make a conscious decision to put God first, to make time to spend reading the Bible, praying. And that should be something you're doing throughout the day. It's not just, you know, quick five minute in the morning, um, you know, quick prayer at night before bed. But I mean, that should be an ongoing thing that you're doing throughout the day because you're in relationship with that person. So, I mean, we don't talk once a day and then, you know, wait till the next morning to talk. I mean, we're in communication all day with people you know, that aren't our spouse. So if you're in a, a relationship with God, which should be your highest priority, that's something that's continuous throughout the day. You're talking to him, you're listening, you're being, you know, led, you're listening to the guidance of, you know, the Holy Spirit. So that's first and foremost. And then I think it's really important. Um, you were mentioning the other day how when we were talking about the marriage relationship, 
that we're in this together. We're a team. We're not separate. We're not on our own. So I think it's important that we're not just living like parallel lives. Whereas, you know, I'm getting up in the morning, taking the kids to school, doing my thing, you're doing your thing. And we're not like ever coming together to do the things that need to be done every day, like the everyday routine and just making that communication. Hey, we're in this together. What can I do to help out today? What do you need from me? Is there anything I can pray for you? Anything that I can like physically do for you? Anything, you know, the kids need that I can help with and just make it a team effort instead of living parallel lives of just kind of going about your own business. You go about your own business. I'll go about my own business and then like we'll meet together for a few minutes. Right. So, so intentional. It's got to be intentional. You have to have, uh, like I think you said the word effort, make the effort <laughs> to doing those things. Um, and then again, when you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, he's going to check on you. God, you know, convicts me whenever I, uh, I'm falling short. I need to pick up some areas or I may have said something or, you know, have not said anything. You know, the Holy Spirit is the greatest resource you have in your marriage to keep it in line with his word. So I encourage you, have an ear. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit would say unto you. Go ahead with law number three. Yes, law number three is the law of possession. And that is just when two become one flesh. So that just is explaining how we just share everything. So we might see ourselves as two separate, but when we come together in marriage, God sees us as one. And many of us like to show this through um, a ceremony in our wedding. We have the lighting of the unity candles. Some people pour sand in one jar to represent this. Um, we did something similar, but a little bit different. We did the um, ceremony of the three chords, and that was just representing you as a chord, myself as a chord, but there is a third chord, and that is God, the Holy Spirit. We wove that together to demonstrate that three chords is not easily broken. So we are becoming one, but we are becoming one with God, the Holy Spirit, in the center of our relationship, and that we know will be successful if we keep him there. Absolutely. So two becoming one, I really want to weave into you as you listen right now, of allowing the Holy Spirit to kill self in you. You cannot be a person who wants their own way in marriage. It will not work. It creates a lot of friction, creates a lot of stress and strife when self arises. So share in your decisions. Share in your home. Share in your bed. Share yourself. Share with your in your finances. You want to allow the Word of God to kill any kind of dominant personality, no matter whether you're type A or type B, introvert, extrovert, none of that stuff matters. You want to allow the Holy Spirit to humble yourself. The Scripture says in Ephesians, we're submitting ourselves one to another. How? In the fear of God. Something else on the on the natural is I encourage you to take a personality test, right? Learn each other. Learn how each other communicate. Learn each other's styles. It will help you understand your spouse better. If you are single, I encourage you to do it first. I think both of us did personality tests before we got married so that we knew kind of what we were looking for and also how we communicated in areas where we needed to grow. Jenny talked about how um, a love language. Talked about love languages, and so that's very key. How do you love 
How do you receive love? How do you express love? It's something that we've had to work on. Absolutely. I think our love languages are opposite sometimes. Opposite. So the way I show love, I think I'm showing love in a great way and you're not really receiving it because you would rather receive love in a different type of way. Right. So just understanding what your love language is, but also understanding your spouse's love language is very important. So you can pursue the person the way that they receive love the best way. Can you give an example of that? Like what are our love languages and how have we had to work in expressing that to each other? Sure. I would say your probably top love language is acts of service. So when people do things for you, for example, make your lunch, make your, you know, dinner, whatever you need to get ready. And I would say my top love languages are quality time and touch. And you don't really receive as much love if we're just like on the couch and you know our shoulders are touching or something like that whereas that like that that does something for me right that's nothing for me (laughs) but um it's very important so i have to again not be selfish i've got to understand how jennifer receives love and make sure that i communicate that to her because me verbally saying i love you might not do it for her i have to again spend quality time and just rub her shoulder or just sit next to her on the couch, and she's like, oh, he loves me so, so very much, right? So, Absolutely. <laughs> guys, remember that. Um, I just want to encourage you today to put priority in these relationships. Put priority in your spouse. Make a quality decision to make it the best that God has ordained it to be. Again, marriage is beautiful. This relationship was designed by God to fulfill your life, not stress your life. And it's beautiful. You want to love coming home. You want to desire being there. So make that house a place where you want to be and your spouse wants to be and you love spending time one with another. I love being married. It's the greatest thing in the world. We joke a lot of times and saying, why didn't we do this in our 20s? Where were you so long? So when you do it God's way, when you receive it God's way, you know, single women, single men, keep yourselves. I just encourage you. It's worth the wait. It is worth you know, receiving the man, the woman that God has for you that lines up with the word. Well, how do I know who's the one? It's the person who lines up and they, you can find them in the scripture. When the Bible de- describes a man of God, when the Bible describes a woman of God, if they fit those descriptions, yeah, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's how you know. Our fourth law, as we get ready to close today, is going to be the law of purity, right? So culture is changing. It's an invading the church. Our social media accounts give you access to so much. Give you access to your ex, your high school sweethearts, conversations you could be having, shouldn't be having. Uh, So you want to be pure in your thoughts, pure in your intentions, and pure in your actions, right? Again, singles, you want to keep yourselves. It's not preached a whole lot, but it's definitely aligning with the Word of God. Uh, If you're married, you want to cut off and cut out anything that is in your past. It's, it's like baggage. You know, one of the things that Jesus talked about in the book of Ephesians, again, is they likened, he likened the relationship, Paul did, of husband and wife to Christ and the church. So when you get born again, right, old things are passed away, all things are new. Well, the same thing can be said as in a marriage. When you get married, that former lifestyle's over, right? It's gone, buried, and it becomes new. So again, we were talking about privacy, I think, a few weeks ago. There is nothing that I have that is that is private from Jen. Like, our phones are always out. She can pick up my phone at any point in time, go through it. There's never an issue. There's no argument of, like, what are you doing? Like, again, there's, it's not about me. It's not self, right? 
that that lifestyle was when I was single. That was years ago. There's nothing in my life that's closed off. There's no secret drawer. There's no secret secret room. There's no there's no secret compartment of wallet. There's no part of my life that she can't have access to, and that's accountability. That's freedom. That's wonderful living that way. And that was me as a single. I made a decision like, hey, you can pick up my phone, go through my camera roll, go through my emails, my DMs, any text messages, and not find anything sketchy. It's a freeing way to live. It's how you want to live as a married person, as a single. There's no, uh, this is my work wife. What is that trash? No, let's 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 honor this covenant relationship and treat it with purity. I like how you brought up the um, issue with phones. I think that is a stumbling block for a lot of people. Um, they keep a lot of you know notes, photos. They have Facebook friends, things that they keep on their phone and might want to keep that hidden from other people. And I think it's important, like we have already set up, our things are shared. So any photo that I take will eventually you'll probably see because we have a shared account and it will be on the cloud and you'll see it. So not that I would have photos that you couldn't see anyway, but that does help you remain accountable. And it goes back to, like you said, the law of purity. You want to remain pure in the things that you're putting in front of you in your sight, the things that you're seeing, the things that you're viewing. And um, it's a great thing not to have the privacy anymore because you're one, you're not two separate people anymore. And you can have somebody that helps you keep accountable to being pure and what God's word is calling you to be. It's a very, again, a freeing way to live. I have no issue. We have uh, the find each other on our iPhones. I know where she is at all times. She knows what I am at all times. And again, it's not like I'm tracking her all throughout the day. A lot of times it's, it's the safety. And again, another accountability. Jen's very, very repetitious every day at whatever time it is. She's going to text me and say, hey, I'm leaving. You know, and, and if I never got a text, you know, probably something's up. I need to check in with her. So it's just, it's a freeing way to live. I don't feel like I am a, a henpecked. I don't feel like I am a, a, a being mamad or I don't, I'm not a man. Mom, none of that. All those things, it's a renewing of the mind. That is a mentality of the world. It's a mentality of the old man. I, I just challenge you to let God's word flush out anything. And one of the things, another thing that we decided was we were not going to allow any outside forces influence how we operated as a married couple. We've got great examples in our parents. We've got great examples from other mentors. But you know what? We're going to take those good things. But at the same time, how we function in our marriage is between you and I and God, that three-chord string you talked about, and that's it. That's great. Great advice. And I would just encourage everyone out there to just make that decision, which is a quality decision, just to allow God to grow you, to mature you into the woman, into the man that he has created you to be. Keep God in the forefront. Keep your spouse second. And that's the only way that we can peacefully and joyfully coexist with another human being. And that's in the will of God. That's so, so very good. Listen, I, w- I want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, that's our time. we got to conclude. And, you know, it's been great having you today, sweetie. And uh, I pray that you uh, enjoyed this and enjoyed this time. Listen, I want to pray for you listening today. Father, I speak over every person that's listening. I declare your grace and your mercy and your love, Father, your love. Just be uh, experienced by them right now. Let your grace and love surround them. I pray for their spouse, uh, current or future. 
And I declare, God, that you would bring clarity and peace and wholeness to them. If there's any strife, if there's been any hurt, unresolved issues, Father, I speak the blessing of the Lord over those relationships. And you bring wholeness and healing when that needs to be healing and bring restoration to trust. And Father, let them experience the fullness of what you've ordained the marriage relationship to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you so much for listening. It's a privilege to connect with you, however you're listening, on the train, in your car, cubicle, bedroom. However, thank you so much for inviting us into your life. I encourage you, go to ignitedlife.org, tap into those resources, connect with us on social, IG, at My Ignited Life, Facebook, at The Ignited Life. Follow us and make sure you fuel your faith get those resources, continue to get those inspiring articles and clips, and let's take a walk of faith together because your best days are ahead. Remember that we walk by faith, not by sight. I'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that you were uplifted, encouraged, and challenged in your faith, and we'll share this resource with friends and family. You can find and connect with us on social platforms at The Ignited Life. You can also find great resources and content to fuel your everyday life. Visit our website, ignitedlife.org today. And while there, if today's message touched you and you'd like to support this ministry financially in reaching the lives of others just like you, click the Give link at ignitedlife.org. We thank you. And please join us again for the Ignited Life broadcast. And remember, your best days are ahead. Help this resource get in front of more people by subscribing and rating the podcast. So please take a few moments to do so. Thank you.